Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you so much for the chance to be together this morning. And God, despite the weather and everything else, thank you that we can be here. And God, that we can be together online. I just ask you now to speak through me, Lord. I pray that, God, you will use me to folks that need to give their life to you, that they'll do that this morning, God, and the folks that need to come back to you or need a real shot of encouragement, I pray, God, that you will use, continue to use everything we do for that purpose, and it's in your name we pray, amen. Boy, the band did a great job, and if you're at home, come out from under your bed, I think we're safe, and clap for them. We, uh, this is a, a tremendously unusual Easter morning where we normally would have a house full, but we hopefully have a lot of people watching online, and we do welcome you uh, on our website or on Facebook Live. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, to the service today. You know, we've had some crazy weather, had to get started 15 minutes late, but we are here, we are live, and we are going to get after it. Easter Sunday is always such a wonderful thing, and a lot of times ladies in particular really get new outfits and all. We have a picture of some of our First Baptist ladies in their Easter outfits this year, <laughs> and that's absolutely true. My mother, I can remember my mother wearing outfits like that growing up. You know, the, we the weird times we live in. This was a literal headline on Wednesday, police ticket nude sunbathers for not having on what are you thinking T police ticket nude sunbathers for not having on face mask that was at lincoln parish park in ruston i'm just kidding that was in the Czech republic but still isn't there something wrong with that i mean if you come upon two people sunbathing naked is a face mask your major concern? Maybe it's just mine. We are, we are in Mark chapter 16. We're also going to look in 1 Corinthians 15 this morning. As we celebrate Easter and try to get to the heart of Easter for us today, and I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you lack hope today? Is there a lack of hope in your life? I think there is in a lot of people's. This came out... I saw it was on, I think it was on Facebook, uh, about three or four weeks ago, once we had been shut down, and it said corporal punishment has been instituted back in school, and more teachers have been drinking on the job than ever before. Well, before you panic, that was talking about homeschooling, and now that everybody's homeschooling, and that they are having to spank their kids, and that they may be self-medicating. But on a more serious note, domestic abuse... Calls are up 25% in the last few weeks. Unemployment claims hit another 6.6 .6 million this week as of Thursday. The coronavirus, the experts say no doubt, will spike the substance abuse, alcohol, and drug abuse among people. It certainly has the potential to do that. This was really uh, probably the highlight of the bad. The suicide hotlines in America have noticed a 338% increase in the last weeks because people are losing hope. 
2,000 years ago, as strange as it may sound, the first Easter was not a great day. It didn't start off as a great day at all or a great day of a celebration, especially for the Christians. The Christian people, and there was only a small number of them, had watched Jesus Christ, who they believed was the Lord and Savior, God in the flesh. They had watched him be brutally murdered on Friday. There wasn't a question in their minds that he had died. And folks, they were not expecting him to come back to life. As much as he had taught that and emphasized that, it had gone right over their heads. In Mark chapter 16, verse 1 through 3, Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. I love the fact that 2,000 years ago on Saturday night, women shopped and they still do today. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. And on the way there, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? Now, you, you can't miss this. They were not going to celebrate a sunrise service. They were not going to find Easter eggs and celebrate Jesus is alive. They were going to finish the Jewish burial rituals. Now, they didn't embalm, and, and probably no one embalmed like we do today back then, but, but uh, Orthodox Jews today, one of my friends who's the funeral home director in Navasota, Texas, told me, do not embalm. When an Orthodox Jew would die, people from the synagogue or temple would come, and they would anoint their body and do special bathings of their body, preparing them for the burial. These ladies could not do this on Friday because Jesus died late, was put in the tomb, then you had the Sabbath, so the first time to do it was Sunday morning. They are going to finish the burial rituals for the dead Jesus. Their concern is who's going to move this gigantic stone out of the way. Verse 4 and 5, but as they arrived, they looked up, and they saw the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. And when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man, this is an angel, clothed in a white robe, sitting on the right side. And the women were shocked. Again, the women didn't say, hey, Jesus is alive. Thank you, Gabriel, Michael, Clarence, whoever the angel was. You remember Clarence the angel from uh, It's a Wonderful Life? They didn't know what was going on. They were, they were bewildered in verse 6 through 8. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. So the women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered. They said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. Now, folks, even after the angel told them this, they weren't, hey, Jesus is alive. We are so excited. They were trembling in the bewilderment. means they were confused. They didn't know what had happened. They still were not convinced that Jesus was alive. Man, it was a day of terrible discouragement and lack of hope for them. Verse 9 to 11, after Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene the woman from whom he'd cast out seven demons. Jesus, so she went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping, no hope, and told them what had happened. They were so excited in verse 11. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and they'd seen him, they didn't believe her. You see a pattern here? In verse 12 through 13, 
Afterward, he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem. This is the two on the road to Emmaus. And they rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them. In John 20, verse 19, it says, That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Guys, I want you to, to get a hold of the story. They didn't believe Jesus was alive. They knew he was dead. They weren't expecting him to come back to life, even after they'd been told, even after an eyewitness told them. After two eyewitnesses, they didn't believe. They were hiding in fear. Folks, their hope was gone. They'd put all their eggs in this Jesus basket. They'd put all their eggs that Jesus was the Messiah, the Lord, the Savior. They'd left their jobs. They'd probably had their families, many of them, their families disown them. They had, they had spent three years. Man, they had wasted so much of their recent past, it appeared. And now their future is totally unknown. Even their life is unknown. Man, you're talking about people that had no hope on that first Easter it was them. And if you don't have hope this morning or your hope is waning, stay with us because there's a game changer here. And the game changer is three words. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And folks, I want to tell you, if you doubt the resurrection, one of the things that helps validate it, so did they. They weren't expecting it. The people who are going to be the most transformed by it. In verse 9, it says, After Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was a Baptist preacher. Not what it says. It says, Mary Magdalene, the woman whom he had cast out seven demons. Now, now folks, Jesus in the New Testament elevates women, but women had no place or authority in society then. You, if you're wanting to make a credible story, the first person you go to is not a woman. The first woman you go to is not a woman who in the Bible it says, this is Mary who had seven demons cast out of her. But that's the very first person that Jesus showed up to and that Jesus made himself known to. In verse, excuse me, if you go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 and 4. I passed on to you what was most important, what also had been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. Now, now folks, if you're taking notes, that word raised means a bodily resurrection. It means Jesus physically walked out of the tomb. I've heard people say, well, it doesn't matter if it's a physical resurrection, if it's a spiritual or however you perceive it. That's baloney. A dead Savior can't save anybody. Jesus walked out of the tomb. The verbiage of that word, too, means that he rose from the dead to never die again. Do you see the huge significance of that? He rose from the dead to never die again. We believe this was probably the very first creed of Christianity, that it was probably put in place five years after the death and resurrection of Jesus when Paul met up with Peter and they began to discuss and talk about these things. Look in verse 5 through 7. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. Most of them are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Ryan, you may not remember this. Years ago, Ryan Madden, who's an attorney in our church, 
I asked Ryan, I said, Ryan, if you took 500 eyewitnesses and they were on your, you, you had them in your, on your case, could you win a court case with 500? He said, absolutely. He said, the judge would stop calling eyewitnesses at five normally. 500 hours of eyewitness testimony, it just five minutes apiece, nonstop is 41 to 42 hours of, of, of nonstop testimony. I asked Ryan, I said, Ryan, could even you win a court case with 500 eyewitnesses? He didn't appreciate that, but he let me know that he could win that. By the way, I love what Paul says. Some of them are still alive. You know what he's saying? If you don't believe me, go ask them. Many, many of us remember 9-11, September the 11th, 2011. 19 years ago. 1 Corinthians was probably written 20 to 25 years after the death and resurrection of Christ. Somebody tells you 9-11 didn't happen, you'd call them a liar. That's, you know it happened. Many of us do. People in New York City that are still alive who were there when it happened. We, we know it happened. I love what, how he vindicates this and how he drives it home. Jesus Christ came back to life to never die again. Wow. Such tremendous things. If, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. In, in Luke 24, verse 38 through 43, all of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell the resurrection story to give a little different eyewitness account. In Luke 24, I like it. Jesus shows up. The disciples think it's a ghost. They don't believe Jesus is there. Jesus lets them touch him, shows them his hands and all. Then he says, give me a piece of fish to eat. And it says, the Bible says they handed him some broiled fish. That's where I realized as a young preacher that Jesus wasn't from Louisiana or the South because he just said, fry that baby, wouldn't he? If Jesus would have been a, a Southerner. But Jesus more worried about his health than me. He took the broiled fish and eat it. I've seen a lot of horror movies. I've seen ghost movies. I've never seen ghosts eat anything. They terrify and scare people. They don't eat. Jesus came back to life. Folks, listen, I'm going to tell you, this is a game changer for them. It's a game changer for us. He came back to life. John chapter 20, verse 15 through 17. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Mary doesn't know it's Jesus. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you have put him. And I will go get him. Mary, Jesus said, man, I love this. Jesus called her by the name. She recognized him. She turned to him and she hollered out, Rabbi. Can you imagine the joy? It says she clung to him. The other gospels tell us she ran, she fell at his feet, and she grabbed his feet. Wow. You don't grab a ghost's feet, by the way. Scholars would tell you that in the New Testament, there's 10 resurrections appearances from Jesus' 40 days from the death resurrection until he ascended back to heaven including the New Testament and also sources outside the New Testament. There's at least nine other sources, nine sources that verify the resurrection of Christ. Jesus died, but Jesus arose again. And let me tell you something wonderful today. Because Jesus is alive, you can have hope. Because Jesus is alive, you and I can have hope. I think there's something intrinsic God has put in us that we understand we need God. We don't respond to that a lot of times, but that we do. Lifeway, as a Christian book realtor, said 
from last March to this March, their sale in Bibles went up 62%. 62%. And you know why I think it is? I think people realize God's what we need. We need hope, and it's got to be found in, in Christ. You know, when we talk about hope, this is very important. We talk about wishful thinking, don't we? I hope I lose weight eating exactly like I'm eating today, right? It's just going to melt off. Or I've never played the lottery, and I never have played the lottery. But I'm going to win the jackpot, the $500 million, and I will tithe off of it, right? That's wishful thinking. If you're taking notes, write this down. Hope in the New Testament means confident expectation. It means that, that I trust fully what I'm hoping for is going to happen. And you hear that? When I have New Testament hope because Jesus is alive, it's not wishful thinking. It's confident expectation that what I'm hoping for is going to happen. When Jesus was raised from the dead to never die again, listen, man, if you can do that, you can do anything. Let me share with you some, some hope shots for you and me this morning. First of all, there is hope for a fresh start with you and Jesus today. Because Jesus is alive, there's hope for a fresh start. And by the way, many of us need a fresh start. I want to talk to you Christians first. In Mark 16, 7, a great verse, it says, Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that he is going ahead of you. In 1 Corinthians 15, 5, it says that he appeared to Peter. Man, I hope when we get to heaven there's a video store and we can rent these, these stories. I'm sure when Peter heard Jesus is alive and wants to see me, it's probably like, awesome. Uh-oh. Because <laughs> you remember that they're best friends. He was the leader of the disciples. He told Jesus, listen, they can drag you off and arrest you and kill you, and I will go with you. I will die with you. But three times he denied Jesus that even knew him. We don't have the content of what happened, but we know what happened. Tears, embrace, forgiveness, reinstatement. Peter went on to become the great leader of the early church and died for Jesus later on in his life. Some of you this morning are believers, and all of us as Christians need a fresh start, but some of you need a big fresh start. Maybe all this coronavirus, God is trying to get your heart back in line, your priorities back in order. And I want to tell you, you can come back to Christ for that second chance this morning. Some of us are Christians. We don't need a second chance. We need a 220-second chance. And it's easy to think, well, the church doesn't want me. I promise you, our church does, and I know other churches that would. But Christ always wants you if you will come to him on his terms, humbly and repentant. What a beautiful thing. But I want to tell you, too, today, if you're not a Christian and you're watching, today, because Jesus is alive, you can have a fresh start with him this morning. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says this, that... After that, he appeared to the 500 followers. And then verse 7, then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him too. James was Jesus' half-brother, by the way, who was not a Christian during Jesus' lifetime. 
Something happened that changed his life. He became the pastor in the church of, of Jerusalem. God used him to write the beautiful little book, the, the book of James. You know what happened? He, he bumped into the resurrected Jesus. And he was never the same. Paul hated the church. Paul hated Christianity. Paul hated Jesus. And then he had an encounter with a risen Christ. And he became the, truly the greatest leader later of the Christian era, the early church. No question about it. I want to tell you this morning, no matter how far you may be from God, if you will reach your hand to him, he'll reach his to you. Jesus walked out of that tomb. And one of the reasons he walked out of that tomb was to save you and even save you this morning. I read a, a neat story from a blog, Truth Point Church blog was the name of it, about a young Muslim man who gave his life to Jesus. Here's what he said. As I investigated the claims of Christianity, I came to realize this guy Jesus really walk, walked out of the tomb. He came back to life. And I realized the founder of my faith, Muhammad, was dead. And I realized if I was going to bank my life in eternity on one or the other, I had to go with the one who's alive. Man, you got a chance today to start afresh with Jesus. Here's the second thing, though. Man, there is hope for an uncertain future. There is hope today with the uncertainties of our future. I want you to go, again, go back with me. These, these people on that first Easter Sunday... They'd lost Jesus. They'd lost their hope. I mean, their hope wasn't lost. It was dug in a hole and buried. Their careers. I think if Jesus hadn't come back to life soon, that there would have been a lot of suicides, not just Judas. But something happened that changed them that day. That gave them purpose and meaning and joy and hope. And what it was is they had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus Christ. Man, you need to hear this this morning. Hope, hope is not ultimately found by science. It's not ultimately found in, in, in books and libraries. It's found in God. And hope is what you need. The University of Houston several years ago took 223 people who were struggling with anxiety disorders obsessive compulsive panic disorder social anxiety different things here's what they concluded at the end of their study one of the predictors whether a person got well or not was whether they had hope of getting better that was a predictor and a common element of everyone who got well was that they held on to hope that they were going to get better, and that there was light at the end of the tunnel. Man, I want to tell you, it's uncertain today. Our futures, our finances, our jobs, our country. But man, Jesus is alive. He's on the throne, and because of him, we have hope. Gardner Taylor was a great preacher. He was born and raised in Louisiana. Later went to New York City and pastored for years. When he was a young preacher in South Louisiana, he was preaching one Sunday night in a church service and the lights went out. That's happened to me two times. It happened to me one time here on a Wednesday night. It happened to me one time in Oklahoma doing a revival and they just brought me a flashlight and I held it like this and it was terrible for me and them. Gardner Taylor said he didn't know what to do and an older man in the back hollered out and said, Keep preaching. We can see Jesus in the dark. And if you get your eyes on Jesus, you can see him through the haze and the mist. But I want to tell you something even greater. Jesus can see you when it's dark to you. Man, there's hope because of that. 
No matter how dark and hazy and confused our world is right now, Jesus can still see you. Someone said we live in a Black Friday world or a, or a Good Friday world. What's a Good Friday world? Good Friday's when Jesus died. It wasn't good to them. We live in a, in a, in a world of confusion, of doubt, and of fear. But we're Easter people. We live in a Good Friday world, but we know that Jesus is alive. We're Easter people. Let me give you one other piece of hope. There is hope in the face of death. Man, it's the, it's the neatest thing. These people who were hiding in fear, many of them went out and later were killed for, for Jesus. You know why? With no fear of death at all. Because they had an encounter with a risen Christ. I want to read to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17 through 20. If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. Did you get that? You're still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has walked out of the tomb to never die again. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died who are now with God. Listen, man, you got hope even facing death because of Christ. Dallas Witt is the pastor of Life Church here in town, one of my good friends. Love him. When the coronavirus, everything really first hit, and they shut down the churches, and we, we were talking on the phone. And we were both concerned about our church members. Man, we didn't want anybody in our church to get it, anybody to die. And we are concerned about our families. And, and, and Dallas said this. Dallas said, you know, I, I don't want to leave my family. I don't, I don't want to die. But, but if it happens, death for me will be a promotion. What a tremendous truth. Folks, you, you, don't, you, you die on God's timing and terms. You don't make that decision. You don't want it. You're not foolish about it. But if you're a Christian, death, listen, you're going to walk into the presence of God. You're going to see those family members and friends who have died and, and went on before you. You're going to see Peter and James and Paul. And I believe you're going to be with your pets. And, and again, you're going to be with Jesus forever. Death is a promotion for a Christ father. Because Jesus is alive, we have hope, not only in this life, but in the life to come. Wow, what a tremendous thing. Pope John Paul II died in 2005 listen to what he said don't abandon yourself to despair we are easter people and hallelujah is our song i'm gonna paraphrase this don't abandon your hope don't abandon yourself to depression because we are or we can be easter people and hope is our song Pastor Derwin Gray, I have a quote for you. We're going to put on the screens. Listen to this great quote. Love is shaped like a cross, and hope is shaped like an empty tomb. Love, that love where Jesus died for you and died for me, is <laughs> shaped like a cross. And that hope we can have for him forevermore is seen in an empty tomb. Man, what you and I need to do today is the same thing Mary did. We need to hear his voice. We need to run to him and fall at his feet and worship him. 
I want to lead you in a prayer time to get yourself right with Christ or to, or to give your life to Him. Would you pray with me? If you're a Christian this morning, maybe it's in a little way or a big way you need to come back to God. Confess your sins to Him. Tell Him you want to come back with all your heart and ask for His help. If you're not a Christian, but you're ready on this wonderful Easter morning to give your life to Christ, pray with me and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to repent of my sins. And Jesus, I, I believe you died on that cross for me, and I, I believe and accept that you walked out of the tomb. Come into my heart. And I give you my life. Let me have your attention just for a moment. I want to share with you quickly how you can share a decision with us today. We would love to know about your decision this morning. Maybe you have a prayer need. Maybe today you as a Christian made a recommitment of your life to Christ. Or maybe you gave your life to Christ. We'd love to know about it. Maybe you're ready to be baptized or you're interested in joining the church. If you're watching on Facebook, there's a link in the video description and comments that you can go to. On Facebook, a link in the video description and comments that you can go to. Find the connect card. If you're on our website, look to the right for a connect card link. On the website, you look to the right for a connect card link. You could also go to fbcruston.life fbcruston.life and go to the connect card there. Again, we would love to know about your decision or to help you. You can call the church office. We will be closed tomorrow. You can call Tuesday and we'd be happy to help you with your decision. Thank you so much for watching. We got a real quick about a minute and a half video to close out the service. But thank you for watching, listening. We love you. We're praying for you. And grab on to Jesus. That's where our hope is found. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in our Easter Sunday service. And, and just want to remind you that we have a blessed hope through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, as we close today, I just want to take some time just to thank you um, for, for all the encouragement that you give um, to us staff on a week-to-week -week basis. We love the emails. We love the texts. We love the comments that you leave and on our social media posts. All those things are an encouragement to us, and I know as there are an encouragement to others as well. Hey, just a couple things uh, on our website. Uh, four main tabs that will keep you just uh, in the know with all the information that we have here at First Baptist. First of all is our COVID-19 update tab. When you push that, Pastor Chris gives us an update on where we are as a church from week to week. You can find that there as long as resources that pertain to, to your ministry area. Second thing is this, the Watch Live tab. Whenever we have a scheduled a church event, you can push that tab and it will go straight to um, the Watch Lab platform as well as all the messages that are archived um, there as well. 
third thing is to connect. This is our way to hear from you. We love to hear from you and what's going on in your life and, and, and the prayer requests or things that you may um, need to let us know. You can do that there on that connect card. And last is this, is our online giving tab. If you're a church member or you attend here regularly, you can go there and push that tab and there's several ways to give there. Hey, we just want to just to let you know that, that uh, we're so appreciate you and, um, and also that we encourage you to continue to live out the joy um, that we have through the Lord and Jesus Christ.